0: Hello and welcome to the In Publishing Podcast. My name is James Evely and I'm the editor of In Publishing. Our guest this time is Loma Ann Marks, editor in chief of Reclaim, an interiors magazine with the strap line Transforming the Traditional. Its five content pillars are Eco, Salvage, Vintage, Upcycled, and Creative. Loma tells us why the magazine has growing appeal.
1: It's a a magazine that that really hits a lot of interesting touch points for, for readers and it will continue to because people want character they want story they want a home with a personality they don't want that identical interior anymore and they want to get stuck in with it themselves increasingly so yeah reclaim covers all of that
0: why instagram has been such an important channel
1: instagram's been huge i can't sort of understate that really when i came on we, there wasn't even an instagram account so <laughs> i put that in place fairly quickly and that has grown and it's grown, it continues to grow and, it, and the engagement is really high.
0: And the benefits of magazine publishers taking a proactive approach to issues of diversity and inclusion.
1: It's opened up a whole, whole new set of amazing homes, amazing businesses. It makes the magazine better. It makes the reader experience better.
0: And lots more besides. But first, a quick word about our valued sponsors. We would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Advantage CS, a leading global provider of subscription and membership management software. Capabilities include marketing, sales, payments, and customer relationship software for publishers, membership associations, and information providers. For more information, go to advantagecs.com. Loma Ann Marks is editor-in-chief of Reclaim, a magazine that celebrates antique, vintage, upcycled, and eco interiors, property, products and lifestyle. At the British Society of Magazine Editors Awards in February, she was named Editor of the Year in the Homes and Interiors category. Loma, welcome to the In Publishing Podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: And congratulations on the award.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, it was lovely to lovely to win. Really nice.
0: Am I right in saying you were shortlisted a couple of years ago?
1: Yeah, I was, I've was. i entered twice. I was shortlisted the first time and won this time. So yeah, that was really nice.
0: What a thrill. Great. Now, the, the BSME um, judges described Reclaim as a brilliant and surprising magazine. The passion for the topic jumps off the pages and shines through. Why do you think they use the word surprising when talking about the magazine?
1: Honestly, I thought the exact same thing. I really wanted that when I, when I saw it. Um, I guess because traditionally, I guess, antiques, old things might have seen as, as quite, been seen as quite traditional, maybe a bit old fashioned. And Reclaim as a magazine is a complete opposite of that. So possibly that's why. They maybe thought it was more of a niche subject, which it kind of isn't anymore. It's much more mainstream.
0: So, how do you achieve that? Obviously, you're talking about recycling and, in a way, old stuff. That's probably a very simplistic way of looking. At it. <laughs> but you're doing, uh, yeah, shoot me down. Um, but you're doing it in a modern way. So, how do you pull that trick off?
1: Because I think it should be accessible. Because I think antiques, vintage, is things that I, anyway, love, and they're not inaccessible. I think should they should be accessible to everybody. Um, and they're full of character. They they bring out people's creativity. So I think in that regard, I've always tried to reflect that in the magazine in terms of who we interview, whose homes we reflect, um, the stores and the fairs and the markets that we that we amplify, so and also the design, which is also which is crucial.
0: Uh, and your your passion for the subject, which I can already hear, where, where does that come from?
1: I think because I'm I'm quite a homebody which has been quite lucky I guess in, in the past year recently yeah exactly but I always have been and so I like pretty things to look at because I'm at home I like to feel that I'm looking at lots of lots of nice things not necessarily expensive things but things that reflect my character photographs books um paintings plants all that kind of thing that I find really Soothing makes me feel more comfortable. Um, so yeah, it's it's something I've always had. I remember my my when I was a student, my college in halls, my room was just plastered in pre Raphaelite postcards and oh, old fantastic. lace and old doilies. Yes, so yeah, I've always had that kind of draw to the
0: past. I think I'm much more creative than my university room. I'm I shudder to think what we had on the walls. Um, <laughs> no. On your website, you say that, quote, we love the old and the time-worn, stories, history, character and provenance. Could you describe a room or a house that is a, a particularly good example of what Reclaim is all about?
1: I think Reclaim, it's evolved, I think, because nowadays, and well, we, I kind of always, we saw this when we first began, but it's become much more, they say, mainstream now, but it's a lot of old things are given a new lease of life now. with upcycling and repurposing. So the home that might have reflected Reclaim back in 2016 when we launched is slightly different to how it would be now. So, for example, I would would have immediately said someone like Pearl Lowe's house or um, Sarah of London, who we featured before. Uh, That sort of faded grandeur, lots of vintage, lots of sort of peeling plaster, old wallpaper, this kind of vibe. Whereas now that's still true. But for example, our current cover feature is um, architect Laura Jane Clark from um, Your Home Made Perfect, and okay. uh, yeah, and so and her home uses loads of vintage. She's so creative and so much into doing her own creative DIY and um, respecting the the character of of the house itself. But it's a it's quite a different aesthetic. So yeah, it's evolved and it's it continues to evolve. I think.
0: And in terms of where Reclaim sits in the market, in fact, yeah, I mean, you launched five years ago. What did you think or what was the gap in the market you identified? And who are you writing for? Who's your your target audience?
1: Again, it's altered because at the time, so I came on board in 2016 in July. So I began as a deputy editor and then I moved to editor and then editor-in-chief. So I didn't launch the title in in the January So initially, I think it was much more aimed towards salvage, which it still has. We've got a salvage section that we're still very and that. That's a real point of difference for Reclaim and other interiors titles. Um, But that was it was it was much more niche and much more about only having these sort of salvaged pieces and, and sort of a kind of salvage hunters type vibe. Which we, as I say, we still have, but that was much more what it was solely about. That has now very much amplified and increased to incorporate anything that's that's got a character that's eco. We've very much pushed on the eco side of things, and vintage and antiques obviously are eco by their very nature. Um,
0: I presume that the magazine's also um, written, you know, benefited from you know the increased awareness of sustainability and the environment. Yes in recent years
1: it has it has and as i say that's what it was always about but it's really nice to see that that's becoming much more in demand now and people are demanding things are demanding to know the provenance of the thing that they're buying and the the supply chain and uh, etc so that has been it's been really nice to catch that because we've already got the foundation in it and we've already got those that 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 ethos sort of as part of reclaims dna
0: Kind of the rest of the world catching up, maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in terms of the commercial model, um, what are your principal revenue streams for the magazine?
1: Well, the main thrust of the magazine is it's, is the print magazine. That's kind of the the core. And so we still, we, you know, have we have display advertising. Um, I want to increase brand tie-ins and advertorials. We do do them right currently. We have some really successful ones. I'd like that to to do, to do more of that. Um subscriptions are doing really well. They've increased hugely over the last year. Um so yes, there 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 are other things that I would like to I can't say too much right now, but there are more things that I'd like to do digitally that I'm I'm very much looking at.
0: And in terms of subs and new you know, the divide between subs and new stand, where where do most people buy their copies? Is it via subscription or at the newsstand, which has obviously been a bit hit over yeah, the last the twelve months, the
1: newsstand has been hit. It's still the newsstand, it's still the newsstand, but subs are uh, 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 fast, fast catching up, and digital subscriptions and are catching up too, as our international interest has really increased, really increased. So that's yeah, that's a, that's another area that we're looking at, particularly in the US.
0: Okay, so the US is, is a particular focus for you, is it? It's
1: it's. It, it will. It certainly will be. There, there's a huge community of of I don't want to want to say reclaimers, but I guess that's what they call people who are very much into this, into reclaiming, into vintage, into into repurposing and and reusing, in a really beautiful, creative way. And we featured a, quite a, quite a number of of US homes already. And yeah, there is. There's certainly a, there's certainly an opportunity there.
0: Well, it's a huge market. Right. Are, are there comparable titles over there or is, uh, is there a gap over there at the moment for a title like yours?
1: I think there's a gap. I think there's a gap.
0: <laughs> okay, good luck. Good luck. Thank
1: you, thank you.
0: So what what impact has COVID had on, on your readership given that, you know, antique shops and the like have been closed for, for long periods of time?
1: So with those being closed, they've still, I mean, we've really supported that industry a lot in terms of amplifying and continuing to amplify them in the magazine. Um, they've stayed open in, on Instagram and that's, we've we've very much seen that. So lots of the antiques fairs and markets that have had, haven't been able to take place. They've done virtual fairs and virtual markets that we, I mean, we did a whole feature right back at the start of the pandemic on Instagram uh, antiques fairs. So really, uh, lots of them have been really creative, really innovative in how they've dealt with the pandemic and not being able to open. Um, we've just recently actually revamped our salvage section to really push the fact that most of these yards deliver now, and they are also on Instagram. And you can you can you know see a piece that you like, DM or email the the dealer or the seller, and they will get back to you post it off, deliver it and you can continue enjoying that side of things even though you can't, may may not be able to go in person just yet.
0: So I I sense there is a real sense of community with with your audience um, and obviously publishers and editors try try and achieve that. Um, How do you go about, you know, creating a sense of community with your readership?
1: It's... It's sort of several fold, really. I mean, Instagram's been huge. I can't sort of understate that, really. When I came on, we, there wasn't even an Instagram account, <laughs> so I put that in place fairly quickly, um, and that has grown, and it's grown, It continues to grow, and it, and the engagement is really high. So what we do is we we try. I try to make it really useful in terms of we we, we reply to comments and or we all at least like the comments, which I know. A lot of larger interiors magazines don't do. They'll be getting hundreds of comments under their post and there's no interaction from them back. Um, we have our newsletter. We we, main, we sort of maintain really good relationships with the dealers and the paint companies, for example. I've just recently was one of the judges on the um, Fusion Paint Flip Runway um, Refinishing Awards. So little things like that that keep that keep those relationships going, and that keep relationships with the industry, but with with the readers going. We do try very hard to always respond to readers quickly. I
0: think that's a very simple fact, isn't it? But obviously, a lot of publishers don't, by the sound of things.
1: Not that I can see. I mean, maybe they do, but <laughs> for, 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 for in in the public domain, I haven't seen that as much. I mean, we've also got a hashtag, My Reclaim, that I put in place a couple of years ago. No, less than that, 18 months ago now, perhaps. Encouraging readers to post an image of their Reclaim magazine on Instagram with this hashtag, My Reclaim. And then the opportunity is that three or four of those images are then chosen and appear in the magazine, the following issue or following a couple of issues away. So all these sort of little things that... um, that help people feel part of our story
0: okay and um, in terms of you know replying to readers and i can totally see why that how that increases engagement is that a, a big overhead in terms of time I mean, do you do it yourself or do, do you take it in turns amongst your team to reply to reader comments
1: we take it in turn and I should say we're a tiny team it's a very it's hmm. a very small team okay. um, and yeah, so we do we've got i I do and our social media manager does as well we but prior to that we did have someone else who would sort of dip in and out, but it's her and I mostly now
0: okay so um prior to reclaim magazine you I think you launched um, your own Venture called Culture Compass, um, a website dedicated to arts and culture. Um, how did that experience go? What What was that like?
1: Oh gosh, it seems like back in the mists of time. Now that was when I <laughs> <laughs> happy,
0: happy memories. I don't know.
1: It, honestly, it's a mixture because it was something I just I was ex- at Express Newspapers. I went back after maternity leave, then stayed about a year, then left like completely. And I'd always wanted to do arts and culture and make arts and culture more accessible um at the time gosh just, i forget what year this must have been 2010 2000 yeah must have been around 2009 2010 there it always seemed quite remote to me i mean this goes back to when i discovered art when i was at uni i loved it but i'd never been exposed to it before you know i was uh, i grew up on a council estate i didn't know about going to art galleries but I, when I did discover it, I loved it. And when I, and then I discover theatre, you know, all the sort of classical arts, high and low arts. And I see, and I very much wanted to make my experience relevant and make it much more accessible to far more people who maybe weren't buying, you know, the Guardian or the Times, a, a culture magazine on, on a Sunday. Um, and at the time, it was blogging was kind of kind of new I guess I didn't want it to just be my own voice though I was very very aware of that so yeah I just just launched it as me writing it but other people writing it as well and it went through a few redesigns it was a huge learning curve and I learned a lot about digital media and websites and design along the way
0: so looking back at that, and I suppose with your experience at Reclaim, even if you, I don't think you were there, as you say, right from the start at Reclaim, but came soon after. But it, it had been recently launched, you know, for other publishers or other people considering launching a brand, launching a brand new title. You know, what would you say are the you know, kind of key do's and don'ts of launching a, a new title?
1: I would say from my experience on Koch Compass, don't try and do everything that was probably my biggest mistake was trying to cover too much of arts and culture. I was doing literature and art and fashion, you know, I was shooting my own Mm. fashion shoots, which was, you know, a nice, nice thing to do. And I still love those images, but it was just too much. I couldn't do it all. So I think if you're sort of an individual trying to launch something on your own, pair it right back down to, to what you can do well and what your expertise is and be, really, really good at that um, in terms of a sort of a, a, r- a larger thing like Reclaim, I think it's more, yeah, finding the voice. It's this kind of the same thing, I suppose. It's it's being really clear about what you're saying and why you're saying it. And it does take, I think, it's taken Reclaim certainly a little bit of time to find its groove and find, because, you know, antiques, vintage, you know, that's it's, – it's, it is – quite a broad subject really but mm. we've, I've managed to bring it down to five pillars and when we did the redesign I was very clear on what those five pillars are and it, and it remains those five pillars and that that's kind of a structure for everything else around it.
0: So was that the motivation behind your redesign because I think you you redesigned the magazine soon after becoming editor was what was the thinking behind it why did you do it what were you trying to achieve?
1: So I tinkered with the design before <laughs> when I f- first became editor. Um what, what
0: does that mean? What did you it do? It means I
1: sort of tinkered around the edges so I redesigned a couple of feet of couple of the features and I sort of brought in a, a little section. So I kind of was I was tinkering around the edges but actually the big redesign was in October 2018. So a couple of years after I'd been working on it and the reason to do that was because I really wanted it to be much more friendly. Um have far more access points and more touch points for readers as I say because it's a wide subject I wanted them to know where they were in the magazine so we've got a very clear sort of news and shopping bit now at the front we've got a cherished section which which I absolutely love and that all the eco things are sit there We've got display and design, which is, as it suggests, um, how to display and style and upcycle, which we've added an upcycling section to that as well. Um, and, the, you know, things like the fonts, I, I wanted to change the fonts and make them far more fresh, um, far more modern. So I worked very closely with our designer um, on that.
0: And how did you go about that? So you know, you obviously had a view on the previous fonts. Did you just sit down and play around, or did you um, have particular fonts in mind? Were you inspired by other magazines? You know, for instance. Yeah, he. We, all of
1: that, really. Um, okay. He, yeah, he sent me. I sent him things that I liked. I said things I didn't like. He had his own ideas as well, of course. He sent me mock-ups. We we just worked with it on it together. Um, it was a process i I really enjoy that side of it very much. um I hope he does too. He might tell you something different but um but yeah i'm I'm super happy with how it's how it came out
0: and and I think one of the things you did was introduce um i think what you described as pioneering front covers.
1: Yeah, well, what, um, one, what,
0: what exactly is one? What what is a pioneer? Well,
1: front for interior, so one in the one in particular. So to the, to celebrate the relaunch, we so interiors magazines don't tend to have people on the front. Um, it's it's well almost never, um, but for this uh, for the redesign sort of launch issue, I decided we wanted I wanted to have people to to really sort of show readers what we're about and, and, and personify us a little better perhaps. So taking those five pillars, which are antiques, vintage, eco, upcycling and salvage, I essentially found, i got my wish list of the, uh, each a person who would represent each of those five things. Um, so we got, and I managed to persuade um, Jay Blades, who represents to me upcycling, um, Sonali Shah, who who presents sort of uh, escape to the country. Um, she's the old stuff, the kind of the more traditional side of things. Joe Woods, whose home is absolutely gorgeous and, and vintage, and she's quite quite well known for for loving vintage. Um, Sarah Morrell, who is um, she runs a very nice account and website called Reclaimed Woman, and James Gooch, who is a very young, um, very cool um, antiques dealer. And we did a lovely shoot with them, and I'm I was yeah really happy with the cover. That's still one of my favourite covers.
0: And in terms of when you sit down to design your cover e- each issue, I mean obviously the cover is of great importance, especially at the newsstand, to try and achieve stand out. What, what do you? What, what are your do's and don'ts of front cover design? Well, for me,
1: for me, I like I like a lot to be going on, and I like to see quite a large bit of the room. So that's that's. For me, that's what that's worked for me on a personal aesthetic choice, but it has worked on the newsstand too. So there's there's plenty to look at. There's you feel like you can walk into that room. I'm not a huge fan of sort of deep going in too close and seeing details, but that's you know some magazines do that and it it can look really pretty. But for me, I prefer to pull back further. I like to see a window. Or if not a window, then a look through into another room. Um, obviously, the cover lines are really important, and I've worked. You know, I've, that's that's been that's been a real learning curve for me too, honestly. With getting a right balance of they've they very much changed over the last year on cover lines, and I think other magazines I've noticed have changed too. In, uh, in what sense? So. Okay, so before the pandemic, perhaps your front cover, cover line, your main cover line might have been "Oh, design heroes" or something really quite aspirational, and all oh, twenty-five ways to make your kitchen amazing" or whatever, something that was not maybe a little remote, maybe a little remote. Whereas now, I think they're much more they're much more personal. They're much more they they feel much more conversational. And lots more speaking to the reader on a, on a, on an equal footing, which I think is really nice to see. Really nice to and see.
0: What, what what do you think has prompted that? It has that is that a, 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 a an effect of the of the pandemic, or is that just the way you saw the market or the you know front cover design going anyway?
1: Poss- probably something of base. Probably hmm. something of base. I think that traditionally, I want to say that in interiors magazines have tended to be very middle class very white i mm. i was very aware of that and i'm very aware of not doing that <laughs> um but i think other titles have also become more aware of that and that's that's part of the reason why they're now much feel much more not sort of wagging their finger at you saying you mustn't do this and those are the rules of interiors and how dare you break them but much more about inspiration and guidance and being more friendly perhaps.
0: I mean that has been one of the, the themes of last year obviously the sustainability in the environment is one but also um, inclusivity as well is, is that something which you're very aware of when editing the magazine?
1: Yes absolutely absolutely yes I mean I'm mixed Race myself, so I've I've always been aware of it. And at any time, a home or a business or a company with a with a with a black owner came, I'd be like, yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll put that in the magazine. But after Black Lives Matter happened, I realized that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to wait for things to come to me. I have to seek it out. I have to make a concerted effort to find black owned businesses black homes all of this and and, and that has been it was a bit of a wake-up call to me actually and i'm i'm very glad that i did because so much it's opened up a whole new thing that a whole whole new set of amazing homes amazing businesses it makes the magazine better it makes the reader experience better so um yeah something i was yeah Uh, and if
0: you had positive positive feedback as a result
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's something that had to happen. I think it, it certainly had to happen in interiors magazines. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that, that I've been able to to amplify more of these businesses and more of these homes and more of these products.
0: Excellent. Now, um, photo shoots is something you've from some of the things you get closely involved in. Um, is there a secret to getting a, a good photo shoot or is it um, you leave it to the photographer and let them get on with it?
1: It's, pro- yeah, probably probably the latter. If you've engaged... Oh, really? Okay. It, no, honestly, <laughs> yeah. if you've engaged... It, well, a, a large, to a large extent, it depends. If you're shooting people or if you're shooting an interior, there's, there's obviously slightly different things you need for, for each one. But generally speaking, if you've engaged, if you trust a photographer enough to engage them, then you should trust them to do their job. So I think beyond, once you've spoken with them, obviously they know what you need and you're, cl- you're, you're clear about what you need, then let them do it. Let them get on with it and, and stand back. I mean, I've, I think because so often with anything creative, things happen. The sort of, you know, serendipity happens and things that you wouldn't have planned, you've got to allow those to take place. And you can't sort of be keeping stepping in micromanaging everything because, certainly if you've got people in the in the shoot it just puts them on edge it puts the photographer on edge if it's interiors you know you need you need to allow them to get into their flow and their rhythm and see the the, use the light and and, and just trust them
0: so i suppose the key thing is obviously having a, a very clear idea in your own mind what you want briefing them properly and hiring hiring the right people
1: yes Exactly that. I mean obviously if it starts going bear shaped you've got to do something. Yeah, right.
0: But have there been any any memorable experiences um good and bad of photo shoots which have gone well, well or badly and any lessons learned?
1: Well, the one the, the shoot I have to say the shoot I did with for the cover that I was telling you about earlier, that was amazing. That that was for having five people, you know, five you know experts and some celebrities in their own right they go on beautifully with each other the sort of hair and makeup worked well the location was lovely like you know we had it, it, that was a really enjoyable day and I was interviewing every one of them that day as well so it was quite tiring but it was it was a really nice shoot that that was really nice um in terms of not so great ones the the one that springs to mind it wasn't no 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 it's fine I don't mind saying no no there's no because it doesn't involve any people so it's fine no it was the (laughs) Christmas gift guide when I was on the Saturday magazine (laughs) at the Express oh my gosh the the, because I had to call it was just it yeah I had to call in so many gifts and style them and, and get them shot in a very very fast turnaround gosh that was that was stressful. But it, it turned so it out
0: fine. Your, your out desk fine. was surrounded, I guess. Oh,
1: yeah, that's an understatement. But yes, it was <laughs> fine. The the, the the pictures are fine. In the end, that's all that matters, I guess.
0: The end result counts, doesn't it? Right. Now, in your time as editor, you've obviously redesigned the magazine to great effect, by the sound of things. But I think you also had a, you've also redesigned the newsletter as well. So, what what was your aim with that? And what is what is the role of the newsletter in your publishing strategy?
1: Well, we're actually about to do another redesign of the newsletter, so it's still not as it's not exactly as I want it to be just yet, but it's much better than it was. So initially the newsletter was to to amplify or to talk about the new issue. So essentially that's what it was, was a signpost to say, hey, the new issue's out. Um, but now it's it, obviously that's not good enough. It needs to be much more than that. And it's now much more about being useful because I'm so aware that people get hundreds of emails I don't want to clog up their inbox with something else that's not useful or interesting. So now yeah it's much more about pulling content together that links them through to the website that's got some interesting content that's useful content about, you know, artists or how you know how to add vintage to your home office or whatever it is. So that's much more what it's about now and also um taking our competition which is really which is a re- which is, you know, people readers like. Um, and going forward, I think it, I'd ver- more sort of brand tie-ins and, and and that kind of, that kind of focus.
0: So it's gone from being something to, to promote the next issue to something with a, a, almost a publishing strategy of its own, a life of its own.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, as I, as I said before, we're a tiny team. So when we, when we want to do something new, it, it's well essentially it's it's me that will will do it and obviously with support from from others from other team members so yes it's it become we can't just go ahead and do a sort of three times a week newsletter that takes up too many too much resource so we need to what we do do to make that impactful and and really useful
0: uh, but I suppose one of the advantages of being a small team is if you do decide to do something, you get on and do it, and you don't have to get it passed by numerous other sign-offs and committees.
1: There is that, yes, that is true. That is that is that is the plus point.
0: So, with social media, you mentioned Instagram already, and it sounds like that's a, a prime channel for you. Is is that the main one for you, or do do you use you know Facebook and Twitter equally?
1: Um. Instagram is definitely the prime channel. We do use Facebook. Um, we do use Twitter as well, although t- Twitter it, I th- I think you have to do something different for each one actually. Um, Instagram suits this type of business. It's you know a creative business it's that's it, image image led and very aesthetic, so that's that's why I think it does so well on Instagram. Facebook is yeah, we do. We, we use it and we, we we talk a lot about our offers and our subscriber offers and, and any sort of special deals that we have or, or what have you on Facebook. And it does tend that tends to Facebook's quite a good platform for that kind of thing. Twitter is it is it's kind of an entity in itself. I think it's 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 a bit of a mixed bag, really. But we're on there, but we, we don't use it. We, we may we may we may use it more. But it's it's a very different beast, I think.
0: So Instagram and um, it is the main route, by the sound of things. Yes, okay, yeah. Great. So so we next for Reclaim Magazine. What what's in the pipeline? What what's coming up?
1: So um, again, I can't tell you can't tell you everything, but well, I want well. to do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but no, I want Fair to enough. no. But I want that there, there is more coming up. I've got some you know plans to to keeping the the print magazine as sort of the core product and everything sort of bouncing from sort of. Out from that, but much more digital content and 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 more yeah more digital content that will be and media rich content as well, which I'm looking at a lot more now.
0: and Are you excited about the future?
1: Yes. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, reclaim is is I've always thought it, it's it, it's a it's a magazine that that really hits a lot of interesting touch points for for readers, and it will continue to. Because people want character, they want story, they want a home with a personality, they don't want that identical interior anymore. And they want to get stuck in with it themselves increasingly. So yeah, Reclaim covers all of that.
0: We talked about um, digital and obviously digital forms are an important part of your plans going forward, but it sounds like print is still you know, the flagship channel for you. Um, when you look at the, the wider consumer magazine sector, um, how do you see the future of print magazines? Now, everyone's, you know, digital has been just on the forefront, you know, tip of every, the forefront of everything in the last year since since COVID struck. Although obviously people were going digital way before then. How important is print, do you think?
1: I think it's I think it definitely still is. And it especially so after the pandemic, because people want to get away from their screens if they can. Um, We're, you know, we're on our screens continually, so it's really nice to have some uh, something different. And and, I mean, I, I, you know, I I read all my newspapers online, so I'm not saying there's not a. It's vitally important to have your publication online and and as well, but magazines, particularly interiors, fashion, as well, they're still it's it's tactile. You're they're still seen as an affordable treat. And something that you can have ownership over. There's a, a print magazine inspires loyalty, I think, much more, especially in a new brand like Reclaim. So there's, you know, readers send me photos of they've got, you know, a vintage suitcase full of every single Reclaim that they've bought since the beginning. It, it's really, it's really lovely to see. It, uh, yeah. So I think, I think print certainly, certainly for aesthetically led subjects is here to stay
0: excellent well I'm pleased to hear that uh, and finally a question we ask all our guests on the podcast outside of work um, what do you do to relax <laughs>
1: well, if, I'm if you get any time i'm laughing because i'm thinking oh, when do i have time to relax i've got two children so homeschooling has been part of my free time um but no no i'm joking i i love I love reading. I can't wait for all the galleries to reopen and go to see art. I like shopping. I like I like walking. I live quite close to the River Thames. So I absolutely love going down there and just clearing my head and getting a coffee from the nice coffee lady down <laughs> near the river. Yeah. And I can't wait to go on holiday. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean... Well wow, that sounds very busy. homeschooling I I take my hat off to you because that's you know that must have been particularly challenging. I mean how old are are, are your kids?
1: Well, To be fair they are pretty self-sufficient. I shouldn't overblame my my mm. uh, too much for them. so my big one is 16 and my little one is 11. So they it's it's yeah the little one I've helped more sort of practically in terms of subjects. Um my older girl she's very self-sufficient. They're both very good honestly and very get on with it. But, uh, but yeah, in terms of, yeah, just keeping keeping them happy, I think, keeping people, keeping good for safe. Good for you,
0: good for them, yes. <laughs> and, and one other question, because obviously you're into performing arts, arts of all descriptions. What, what do you think the opening night of, of you know, theatre and festival and, you know, concert halls is going to be like, you've got know, the first performance back. Do you think that would be quite an emotional experience?
1: Yeah, I think it will. I think that sense of being with other people, and not having to be frightened of them, that sense of all getting together for, to enjoy something just for the sake of enjoying it, it will, be re- it will be so beautiful. It will be, yeah, it will be lovely. I'm very much looking forward to it.
0: Can't wait. Loma Anne Marks, thank you very much for being our guest on the In Publishing podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: We would like to thank Advantage CS again for sponsoring this podcast. Advantage CS has been developing subscription management solutions for the information industry since 1979. The comprehensive functionality, adaptability, and scalability of its software helps leading publishers around the world manage their businesses more effectively. Find out more at AdvantageCS.com. Thank you to Loma for being our guest this time. The BSME judges were correct. The passion does shine through. One takeaway for me from our chat was how best to manage talent. Hire experts, brief them properly, and then just let them get on with it. Don't micromanage. Find out more about Reclaim at reclaimmagazine.uk or check out their successful Instagram page, comments and all. Their handle is reclaimmag. Loma was our 30th guest on the podcast. If you'd like to listen to any of the previous 29, then you can find them all at inpublishing.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Thank you for listening and do join me in two weeks' time for another podcast where my guest will be Emma Callahan, Sales and Invention Director at Reach Solutions. Bye for now.